Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to KFI AM 640 on demand. Good to be back with you guys. Layla, good to see you again. Love working with you. It's fantastic. Uh, we've got uh, Jamie on the board, and of course, uh, Dana is uh, producing the program tonight. I don't know about you guys, but this whole... Uh, this whole uh, clock change thing. I never can remember if I'm supposed to be tired or well rested. If I spring forward, am I tireder? If I fall back, am I re- resteder? Do you guys know how it works? Good talk. Uh, just the same, we've got uh, another year of clock changes, right? And another year of Congress claiming that they're going to they're put a stop to the clock changes someday. They have yet to do that. Uh, which I'm sorry. Me... Are you talking to me? No, no, that's all right. <laughs> Wait, hold the on a second. I literally, hey, I'm but... doing ten things. How are you? Yeah. Right, uh, Chris. Oh, what's up? We didn't know if you were talking to us or not. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to interrupt you guys. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, Chris. If, you if I could see your face on my screen, I'd know you were talking to me. See, this is how it works. Oh, that is. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we felt so bad. We're like, it. oh my gosh. We hope you don't think he's ignoring us. No, well, we're, we're trying like, to change yeah. people out and all kind of stuff. It's a lot going on. It is a. It is a tricky time, isn't it? What we need is a backup studio where everybody can just shift over to the other studio. But I love your voice. Uh, I love hearing you. Oh, you're special. Oh, thank you're you. You're just a fantastic We're happy person. to have you back on for another Thanks, week, Chris. Man. This is lit. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> I feel so special. I feel like... I feel like... You like me right now. <laughs> you like me. That's Which accurate. Really allows us, thank <laughs> you. Accurate. allows us to transition now into what's going on at the Dolby Theater, and that is uh, all the roads are closed. That's what's happening, and uh, all the tourists are having to walk uh, to get to the, the uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame. It's a real mess. Uh, the Oscars going on right now. We're on the air, so when we know who any of the significant winners are, and I, I always feel bad when I say that because there's some makeup artist that's like, what, I'm not significant? Uh, yeah, you are. You're very important. You're essential. We just don't care. And I know that sounds awful, but it's true. Uh, there is uh, There was some controversy already this year. You know, they were trying to avoid controversy this year. There's already been some controversy uh, over the the host situation. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel actually was not the first choice. Did you hear this? Who was the first choice? Well, that's it. Funny you ask. Uh, In fact, here this was from uh, this was this was the process of deciding who it should have been as Jimmy Kimmel was welcomed uh, into the the. Uh, the Oscar inner circle. Uh, this is uh, uh, Kimmel on the Oscars. We've summoned you here today to talk about the Oscars. I have to admit, I wasn't expecting to be asked to host again. Well, let me be perfectly clear. You were not my first choice or my second choice or my third, fourth, fifth, or 11th choice. In fact, we asked a lot of people before you. Well, I'd rather not know who they were. Let me tell you. Whoopi Goldberg, Tina Fey, Jon Stewart, Chris Rock. Letterman, Leno, Arsenio, Magic Johnson, Chevy Chase, a child dressed as a pirate. Well, those are pretty good. <laughs> Steve Martin, Steve Carell, Steve Buscemi, Steve Austin, Steve Seagal, Steve Urkel, Steve from Blue's Clues. That's just the Steves. Did you ask Steve Harvey? 
begged Steve Harvey. He would have been good. Good. Are you kidding? Steve Harvey would have been incredible. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not important right now. (laughs) It's not important right now. Indeed, not the first choice, they say. The the big change this year has nothing to do with uh, the, the slap, although how many people are watching this year because of last year's uh, 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 to-do? Uh, plenty of people are. Maybe the most significant change to this year's Oscar. No, they didn't shorten the show. Of course not. The most significant change is that they changed the color of the carpet. It is no longer the red carpet. And while everyone is doing interviews from the red carpet, Come to find out, it's more of a champagne-colored carpet. KTLA was there with it. Oscar says Jimmy Kimmel helped to roll out the champagne-colored carpet in Hollywood ahead of the 95th Academy Awards taking place this Sunday. It'll be the third time Kimmel will act as host of the ceremony. He joked that the switch from a red carpet to champagne-colored one shows just shows how confident producers are that no blood will be shed this year following last year's Oscar slap. <laughs> I don't like change. Not a fan of the change at all. I feel like if you're doing a red carpet, you need to be on a red carpet. Instead, uh, they went with champagne because it matched the rest of the scenery better, is what we're hearing. It matched the rest of the, whatever that that tent is that they have outside the the Dolby Theater. There is something else uh, this year that, that is a direct result of last year's Will Smith slap of Chris Rock. And that is that the Oscars have brought in a crisis team. And when I say crisis team, what do you think of? Okay, there was violence at last year's Oscars, and now they brought in a crisis team. Any ideas on what the crisis team would be? I don't think security necessarily. I'm thinking maybe the press folks who are on standby to talk to the media after stuff goes down. Yeah, like a PR team? right. Mm-hmm. PR team, you're oh, exactly yeah. right. I was right. Yeah, <laughs> crisis team is the PR team. What is that going to do? Because, well, they're concerned <laughs> with optics. They got, I mean, but who's going to stop got, the slap? <laughs> not the they PR got team. Spin doctors on. Yeah, you're right. They're not going to stop it. Of course not. Are they going to increase security to stop that from happening? No. Did they put up uh, some sort of a, a, a fence to stop the celebrities from getting up and smacking somebody? No. Did they do any of that stuff to prevent anything from happening? No. They got their PR team ready because they're worried about the optics. What I think crisis team, I feel like there should be an ambulance and a bunch of guys wearing black vests that say SWAT on the back. (laughs) Not SWAT. Yeah, that's crisis team. When there's a crisis, we call for absolute authoritarianism, and I'm here for it. Now, that would bring eyeballs to this event. Instead... What are they doing? They're going, well, you know, we don't really want to stop anything bad from happening because our ratings went through the roof as a result of that. So what we want to do is make sure that we're able to spin it very quickly uh, after it happens. From this point forward, if somebody does something outrageous at the Oscars, I'm going to assume that it is staged. 100% staged. Oh, yeah, they're going to capitalize Because if they were serious about stopping it, then they would have done something. They would have done something more than hire a PR team to make sure that they can spin it the way that they want. Do you suppose that the crisis team has their phones out and they're just ready to tick-tock the whole thing? They're following it along in real time. So they're like, oh, my goodness, did you see this? Crisis team, get more thumbs up. Crisis team, retweet. Crisis team, reshare. 
Crisis team is nothing more now than a social media experts. So they influencers, hire influencers. Yep. <laughs> influencers. Yeah. You got it. You got it. The other thing that they're, they're trying to do this year is to uh, stay out of politics, uh, which is good because one of the reasons that people get frustrated with watching the Oscars is that they, they don't come to the Oscars to watch celebrities use it as their platform uh, to espouse whatever their political beliefs are. That's a turnoff to half the country. Huge turnoff. In fact, it, where are the Oscars the most popular? It's actually in the Midwest. That's where people love to watch the celebrities. They do. It, it is escapism through and through, but that's also going to be in the Red Belt and so they don't share the same political viewpoints as so many people in Hollywood. And so the Oscars are saying, you know what, celebrities, let's stay away from the politics this year. Do you know what the best way is to not get your way? Is to tell celebrities what to do. It's the Streisand effect. As soon as you tell celebrities, um, listen, let's not use your acceptance speech as an opportunity to speak out on uh, the people of Ukraine. They're like, well, I'm wearing a, a, a blue and yellow uh, tuxedo, and I'm going to talk about Ukraine. And they're just inviting trouble all the way around. And let's face it, it wouldn't be a California feel-good story if somebody wasn't trying to pee on the parade. And I've got more examples of the rain of urine next. Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on your iHeartRadio app. You're listening to KFI AM 640 On Demand. The Academy Awards going on tonight, and I love that so many of the nominees are people I've heard of and movies that I've heard of. Uh, that seems to be the direction that uh, the Academy is trying to go uh, as of late. Either that or blockbusters are worth a damn now, whereas before it was just like the Jerry Bruckheimer blow stuff up. Uh, you know, b- The blockbusters didn't have a whole lot of value. But then here's the other problem. Once a, a, a film becomes big... Just like anything else in life, as soon as there's success, someone's going to tear them down. (music) Top Gun is uh, facing some criticism now. Do you know why Top Gun is facing criticism? It's a fair question. Uh, Because it kicks ass. Flat out, that's the issue. There's uh, a, a number of people... One of them was an opinion writer uh, and an editor for MSNBC, Zishan Aleem, and he's not happy about Top Gun Maverick. Says that the movie is undeserving of the Academy Award for Best Picture. I agree, but for different reasons. Uh, He says it's insidious because it has a positive portrayal of the U.S. military. Aline noted in a Saturday Opinion column that it's remarkable a popcorn movie like Top Gun could be nominated for Best Picture. Um, Top Gun is uh, as insidious as it is entertaining. Uh, It does not merely revive a forgotten human-centered spectacle. It also beckons for a return to accepting the American war machine as a beacon of virtue and excitement. It's a poisonous kind of nostalgia, one that smuggles love of endless war into a celebration of live action. In other words, here's the deal. If you don't like war movies, don't watch them. Right? I mean, isn't this this the argument we get from the left? If you don't like something, don't do it. MSNBC is out there going, well, listen, if you don't like abortions, don't get one. Great. 
But then you've got people on the other side that are going, oh, man, any any war movie that portrays military bad is un-American. Okay, well, then it's an un-American movie. Whatever. Can't we just watch the film? And if you feel like it's a propaganda film, you don't have to like it. But this nonsense about whether it's best picture or not because you don't like the the tone, get over it. There are plenty of things to criticize Top Gun for and say that it shouldn't be the best film. Like, oh, that's strange. Uh, the explanation for why they had to use an antiquated fighter jet seemed a little thin. And why the enemy had said antiquated fighter jet, an extra one completely fueled up, just sitting in a hangar somewhere, also a bit far-fetched. Plenty of holes that you can shoot through that film. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Do you know why? Because it's just a movie, for the sake of being a movie. We suspend disbelief. So get off your horse. Sorry. I get a little whiny, don't I? But again, anytime that there's success, somebody's going to get antsy about it. And I'm about to put my, my foot in it now. You know that anytime that somebody is nominated for playing a character who is a different sexuality or a different sexual orientation than the uh, than the actor or actress playing that character, somebody's going to say it was miscast. And we're getting this once again. Uh, including, uh, oh, where, hang on. Kate Blanchett is being uh, uh, dragged for, oh, she's straight and she's playing someone who's not. Arr! And then you also have uh, Brendan Fraser. Oh, he's straight and he's playing someone that's not. Arr! The uh, the latest gripe comes from Into, uh, and I understand fighting for recognition and saying, listen, we think that if you have a, a, a character that is gay, you should cast someone that's gay. But the flip side of that is very dangerous, too, and that is, well, does that mean that we can never cast a gay character as a straight individual? Well, no, 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 no. We're not saying that. We're just saying that gay character, uh, gay actors and actresses don't get don't get cast as straight uh, characters. So we don't think that it should go the other way. So rather than fighting for rather than fighting for equality and saying, "Listen, we just we want to make sure that there's more casting." They go, eh, "It's not fair. Something's not fair. It's garbage." There was a, a couple of years ago there was the argument about Oscar's so white. Totally see that. I think that's a legitimate gripe. And not since the jazz singer do we see somebody who's white being cast in blackface. Although there was that issue with Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, right? White guy who was in blackface got nominated for Best Supporting Actor. That was a bit of a controversy. In that case, it's not like you can actually change someone's skin tone. But when you're acting, you are literally behaving as someone you are not. That's it. It's simple. It's what acting is. Nobody's, I didn't hear a lot of people freaking out that the man whore of How I Met Your Mother, Neil Patrick Harris, was uh, the character was going home with women when the actor is gay. No. Why? Because he's acting. Just, can we just allow for television, for film to be escapism? and suspend our disbelief, can we do it? 
Probably not. Probably not going to be the case. And once again, I'm disheartened. Indeed. There is uh, big news, and if you have any money in a retirement account, you're going to want to hear this. If you have not been paying attention to the Silicon Valley Bank and the meltdown, the collapse, whatever you want to call it, uh, it is a bit confusing as to what happened. I'm going to make this as simple as I possibly can. And when I'm done, you can go ahead and freak out. That's next. Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640, live everywhere in your iHeartRadio app. You're listening to KFI AM 640, on demand. Big news at the end of last week that uh, kind of freaked people out. And for those of us that were paying close attention to the early days of the uh, the financial crisis, the meltdown in, in 2008, which led to the Great Recession, we had flashbacks. Uh, I mean, it was like we were back in the back in the hole, man. We were just like, uh oh, what's happening now? We're just getting the jitters, right? Our palms got sweaty. What's going on? When we hear about a major bank, California bank, that uh, ran out of money, that's a booger. I hate it when that happens. And I got to tell you, for the life of me, it was really tough to figure out exactly what in the world was going on, like in simpleton terms. In fact, here, NBC had the story, and even this I thought was a bit confusing. Have a listen. Alarm outside headquarters of Silicon Valley Bank in Santa Clara, California today. They just came out and told us that the bank is shut down. SVB, the 16th largest bank in the U.S. with $175 billion in deposits, is now the biggest American bank to fail since the 2008 financial crisis. Its customers are primarily businesses and investors in the tech sector. The root cause of the failure here was a sudden and significant increase in interest rates. Um, which, yeah, that part of the job of a bank is to manage interest rate risk, and that didn't happen here. Earlier this week, SVB disclosed it took a loss on the sale of bonds due to rising interest rates and announced it would sell shares to shore up its balance sheet. Its stock price plunged and customers rushed to take their money out. The FDIC now stepping in, telling customers they will be able to access funds by Monday. But the guaranteed amount per depositor? $250,000. Uh, okay, so what does that mean? Well, yeah, they, they had some bonds, and then they the interest rates went up, so then uh, they didn't have any money. What? Even, I, I was reading, Motley Fool had probably the the simplest breakdown that even a, a goober like me could kind of understand. They say, in simple terms, I always love when we get into banking and accounting, and like, well, in simple terms... Once you get beyond you have to carry the one, I'm lost. You're already too complicated for me. SVB received a massive volume of deposits during the 2020-2021 tech boom and invested the proceeds into long-term treasury bonds while interest rates were low. Now that interest rates are higher, the market value of those treasuries is substantially lower than SVP paid. Uh, And this is where I got confused. It seems like if you buy a bond and the interest rate goes up, don't you make more money? The answer is no. No. Because you have to look at a bond and the interest rate as an item frozen in time. So imagine, if you will, that somebody gives you 100 bucks, and they say, hey, I'll be back for this sometime in the future, but if you can make it grow for me, I'll split it with you. And you're like, that's cool. Uh, you know what I'll do? I'll take this $100, and I'll I'll buy a nice, safe treasury bond, and then we, when they come back to get it in 10 years, that $100 is now worth 120 
So I'll just sell the bond to somebody else. I'll 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 give my buddy their hundred bo- their hundred dollars plus uh, another fifteen bucks, and then you pocket the other five. Right? They're happy. You're happy. Everybody's happy. Right? Ta da! Banking one hundred and one. Pretty simple. You deposit money. They use your money. Your money grows. Ta da! So same scenario. Only now, when you go to sell that bond, nobody wants it, and this is why the interest rates getting jacked up affect the what you can sell that bond for. So you go to sell that bond and uh, nobody wants to buy your bond. Why is that? Because they can buy somebody else's bond and make more money. It's like anything else you have in the world. Let's say you've got a car and you want to sell your car for uh, $15,000, but the neighbor is willing to sell the same car for $14,000. Well, who's going to sell their car first? It's the one that's, t- that's it's less money, right? Only in investing, rather than looking for a sale, you're looking for a better investment. You're looking for a better return. So if you're investing and I tell you, I'll sell you a bond with a 2% return, or you can buy a bond with a 4% return, which one are you buying? You're buying the one that has a better return rate. So in, in our scenario where somebody loaned you or somebody gave you $100 to hang on to so you could invest it, suddenly you've spent that $100, you bought a bond that nobody wants, and now the only way to sell that is to make somebody a screaming deal. So I wanted $15,000 for my car, the neighbor wanted $14,000, now i got to start selling my car for $14,000 or less. So you have to make somebody a screaming deal, and in doing so, you lose money. And so when your buddy comes back to get their $100, you don't have $120. You've only got 95 because you had to make a screaming deal in order to sell that, that investment. So they're not happy. They go, oh, this, this person, they, they didn't even, you know, they spent my money, and my money was gone. So they go and they tell all their friends, hey, this joker is losing your money on bad investments. So your buddy calls all of their buddies. They all want their money back right now because they go, wait a minute, that $100 I gave you is only worth $95. I want my $100 back. And you go, okay, well, here's your $100 back. And the next person says, I want my $100 back. Okay, here's your $100 back. And every time they give back $100, they're losing money. So these are the liabilities. And and for everyone that calls and says, I want my money back, SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, is selling those investments at a loss to pay people back. Because they said, well, we're going to hang on to your money. We're going to make it grow. Your money is safe with us. You're not going to lose your money by depositing it with us. And suddenly people are going, "Uh, you you don't have my money now. Here's a little secret. Uh, Banks don't have your money. We all know this uh, logically, but emotionally, if, if you have $100 and you put it under your mattress and then you lift your mattress up and your $100 is now $50, you start to freak out a little bit. Where'd my $50 go? But the deal is, if you leave it there, it's going to balance out. This is how investing kind of works. And at this time, SVB made some uh, hasty investments with when the Treasury bonds were low. And now that the, the Feds keep raising the rates, suddenly those bonds aren't as attractive and they can't sell them off as quickly. So hopefully that explains it a little bit. The problem now is that people outside of SB, SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, are looking around and they're saying, wait, does my bank have all my money? Did, 
did my bank spend all of my money on things that are not worth as much now? Did When I lift my mattress up, is my money disappearing right before my very eyes? That concern is what they call a contagion. Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, was asked about that. You'll hear what she had to say when she was basically not trying to lie to the reporter this morning when only a few hours later we found out she wasn't telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That's next. Chris Merrill, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to KFI AM640 On Demand. Banks started collapsing, right? We started freaking out. People thought, uh, we, I, I remember having a conversation with a salesperson. Now, salespeople are a little bit, they're a little. So he says, you know, come Monday, there won't be any money in the ATMs. So he was sort of a doomsday prepper, and he's like, you're going to be begging to live in my barn. Yeah, it was a sales guy with a barn filled with old junk. So eh, maybe we just tamp down the, the panic a little bit because... Let's face it, 2008 sucked, but we survived it. So we do remember that back in in 2008, the government stepped in. They said that these banks were too big to fail. The question is, do we still feel that way? Who's getting screwed with the Silicon, Silicon Valley bank collapse? And will there be more? Just like we saw the dominoes start to fall 15 years ago, and it's still fresh in our minds. And so uh, we're a bit paranoid. Now, the former FDIC chair, William Isaac, says there's going to be more. There will be more banks. But Janet Yellen, the, the Treasury Secretary, former uh, head of the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank, was asked specifically about this contagion when she was on Face the Nation uh, this morning, here's what she said about a contagion or other banks uh, potentially falling. Here's what she says. Can you say whether these problems were unique to Silicon Valley Bank or can you say whether there will be other regional bank failures? Well, look, let me just say that we want to make sure that the troubles that exist at one bank don't create contagion uh, to others that are sound and um, a goal always of supervision and regulation is to make sure that contagion can't can't occur. Your counterpart in the United... Yeah, so was that a yes or a no? Uh, That was a, well, we don't want that. uh, I got to tell you, I watched the video. I didn't watch this live. I saw the video. And uh, she did that that tell. Anybody that's ever watched any forensic crime show or whatever knows the tell, and that is that when people start looking off to the side, right, they're accessing the cortex of their brain that controls, create whatever the hell it is. Anyway, she's lying. She's She didn't lie. She just said when she was asked, will there be more? She's like, well, we our, our job is to try to prevent a contagion. That wasn't the question. The question wasn't, what's your job? The question is, will there be more? Well, it didn't take too long. Because New York Times reporting Treasury and Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation announcing in a joint statement that depositors at uh, Silicon Valley Bank um, will have access to all of their money starting tomorrow. They say no losses will be associated with the resolution of the Silicon Valley Bank, um, and none of those losses will be borne by the taxpayer. Well, that's good. 
meaning we're not going to bail them out. But the agencies, including the Treasury Department, of which Janet Yellen is the head, um, also disclosed there's going to be something else for a place called Signature Bank. Signature Bank got closed today by the government in the state of New York. Remember, it was the California regulatory board that closed the uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Now it's happening in New York with this Signature Bank because people are starting to freak out. So will there be others? Yeah. And why is that? Because people that have large amounts of money in holding, and it doesn't even have to be a large amount of money to one person. If you have a company that's got, say, $1.5 million in, in, in assets and cash that's been deposited into the bank, that's peanuts to somebody that's got $400 million. Roku has over $400 million in the Silicon Valley Bank, and Roku has to be going, uh-oh, our stream is starting to feel really weak right now. So if somebody has $1.5 million in Silicon Valley Bank, Roku's like, what are you talking about? We're not worried about you. Why are you worried about $1.5 million? We got over $400 million. Well, I got to tell you, if you're somebody that has $1.5 million and suddenly it's gone, uh, you're kind of freaking out. doesn't matter that Roku lost more because you'd lost $1.5 million. It's a big deal. So if you start hearing that other people are losing money, you start to panic. You say, uh-oh, I better pull my assets because if we're about to see a banking collapse, I want to make sure my assets are in my pocket so I can cover my assets. And what happens? People start doing this at other banks. They start pulling their deposits from other banks. Time will tell whether or not cool heads prevail come tomorrow and Tuesday. Because if cooler heads don't prevail and people start freaking out, we could see a real, a real mess on our hands. And then we're going to be looking to Janet Yellen to say, Janet, what are you doing? Are we going to see more bailouts? Is this is this the is this the plan? More bailouts in the future? But again, she says, nope, we've been down that road. We're not going down there again. I don't feel super confident, but I'm also not freaking out a whole lot. And do you know why? Because I'm smart. That's why. I'm not super worried about it because if you, like me, keep your net worth well below $250,000, you're always going to remain insured by the FDIC. In other words, don't have very much money. Problem solved. For more investing tips, hit me up on my Twitter, gosh dang genius with money. Gosh dang, at gosh dang genius with money. What do you think? I should start my own podcast. Then people would listen to me for all their financial advice. All right. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, we're about to get a buttload of rain. <laughs> no. Boy, do we need it, right? Just, you know. All right. Updates on that next. Chris Merrill, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. KFI AM 640. On demand. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No. 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.